Unlocking Insight, a monthly podcast devoted to nurturing and empowering you. In today's podcast, I will continue on the topic of the gift of gratitude. In this episode, I will be focusing on the benefits of gratitude within the workspace and some of the key ways that we can cultivate an attitude of gratitude in our own lives. Leave a comment or a voice note to let me know your thoughts on this topic and any other issues you would like me to cover on this podcast. You can also find me on YouTube at Ezra Voice of Reason, on Instagram at Edifying Answers, and Facebook at Edify the People. Our next podcast will commence on the 16th of September, where I will be continuing on this great topic of gratitude. Welcome to episode two on the gift of gratitude. And so just to recap quickly, in episode one, I explored the different perspectives on gratitude and some of the fundamental reasons why gratitude is essential in a social context. So if you missed that episode, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. But in this episode, I will be focusing on the benefits of gratitude within the workspace and some of the ways that we can cultivate an attitude of gratitude in our lives. And I want to start off by saying this. Gratitude is about the emotional return on investment that speaks volumes and this is such an important factor and a key attribute to why gratitude is such a great benefit in the workspace because that ROI that return on investment in an emotional context is what keeps people motivated makes people feel that they are appreciated and it is the glue that helps to keep relationships alive. And so when we are thinking about the benefits of gratitude in the workplace, it's really important that we can start to peel back and really examine its role, its place and its benefit in terms of forming relationships, keeping them you know, uh, alive and connected and active, and actually allowing people to feel and experience their value and their worth. And so cultivating a culture of gratitude is thought to be one of the best ways to help a workplace prepare for stresses that come with change 
conflict and failure. And these three areas are fundamental aspects of what happens in every single workplace. There will be change. Change is the only constant thing that we always continuously experience. There will be conflicts, whether it be healthy ones or unhealthy ones. And there will be failures. As long as you're trying to achieve and do new things, there will be failures because failure is the process that helps us to get to success. It is the precursor of success. And any successful person that you see, admire, listen to, or watch, I guarantee you they got to that place and that height by going through failure. As the saying says, every champion was once a contender that refused to give up. And so these three areas, change, conflict, and failure, the, the way that we are able to manage them, the thing that enables us to push through those things is when there is a culture of gratitude. And so the question you have to ask yourself as you were listening to my voice is how does your team manage these three areas? How do they cope with change? How do they manage conflict? How do they deal with failure? And that will be a good determination to help you to know how much that you have a culture of gratitude. You see, there is scientific evidence that grateful people are more resilient to stress, whether it be everyday minor situations or major personal upheavals. So the more gratefulness and gratitude that people have, it actually helps their ability to manage stress because they are more resilient, because they're tapping into that area inside of themselves that helps them to feel good and releases the chemicals and the hormones that actually help them to strive to be able to manage and deal with things. It taps into their parasympathetic nervous system their rest and digest. And so this is paramount in this ever-changing climate that we are living in and the high levels of uncertainty that we are all experiencing in this era. It's so important to be able to have that gratitude, to be able to be thankful and appreciative and to see the value and worth in ourselves, in others, and to be able to express that. Gratitude is proven to be the remedy for stress. And so how do you express gratitude in your workplace? Whether you are a frontline worker, a manager, a senior manager, how are you expressing gratitude? And how is it expressed to you? These things are important for when we are in the workplace. 
to keep the fire burning, to keep staff motivated, and to help us to manage and deal with stress. McCarthy and colleagues cited in one of their studies on gratitude and appreciation. And they found that participants who felt grateful showed a marked reduction in the level of cortisol, the stress hormone. And they had better cardiac functioning and were more resilient to emotional setbacks and negative experience is. So what we're saying here is that research has shown that when you show and experience and feel gratitude, it actually reduces cortisol, the stress hormone that causes so many problems for individuals when it's continuously being released in unhealthy amounts. And it will be released in unhealthy amounts when people are experiencing a lot of stress. And so it's really important that we understand that gratitude, as I said before, it helps to activate your parasympathetic nervous system, your rest and digest that helps you to calm down, that helps you to manage stress. It makes you more resilient. And so if you want to have a resilient team, if you are a manager, a leader, CEO, director, and you want to have a resilient team. Give, show, and express gratitude. And so there needs to be an organizational culture around gratitude. Organizations need to grab a hold of this and recognize the gift of gratitude. And it should become entwined into practice. It should be something that should be done naturally, a part of the processes of what you do. Speaking about it, showing it and expressing it in team meetings, in one-to-ones, in coaching sessions, in supervisions, in your OPRs and appraisals, you know, making sure that it becomes a part of the everyday practice and acknowledging the thoughts and the efforts of people with gratitude shows that people matter. And if you want to have a strong workforce where people are committed and determined and passionate, given 110% in the work that they do, gratitude is the precursor to making that a reality. Because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And when people can see that you care for them, they want to do just as much for you as you do for them. They realize that they're not something disposable that you're just trying to drain and get the most out of, but that you value them and appreciate them. And they will show back the emotional return on investment that you invest in them through gratitude. And just to put this into perspective, I want to share with you um, a report that according to um, investors in people, which is 
um, an accredited body. They said in the report that they did that more than half of UK workers were either considering moving or actively looking to move to a new employer in 2020. This report was done in 2020. And in summary, the job exodus survey of 2020 revealed that employees are 10% less happy at work than they were in 2018, 24% overall. Two in three people feel like work stress follows them home. And so we know if it's following them home, it's going to impact on their personal life, impact on their relationships. One in five people feel that work is negatively impacting their health. Why? Because when they're stressed and they're carrying these burdens home, it's going to be releasing cortisol. And cortisol can cause a whole range of problems, but I'll just talk about a couple. One of those is that it increases your blood pressure. The second thing is that it decreases your serotonin levels. And we know serotonin regulates many things, including food, temperature, and sleep. So you're going to have sleeping problems. Eating habits are going to go out the window. So you'll probably be eating junk because you want to feel better and you're trying to eat foods that's going to give you the biggest dopamine release, which is sugary, salty, and unhealthy foods. And it also suppresses your immune system. So how you'll be able to normally fight off illnesses and sicknesses, that's diminished. And so all of these things are working together to impact on your health. Two in three employees are looking for a better work-life balance in new roles. And so what can happen is when you feel that you're working these long hours and you're never appreciated for it, it takes its toll and people think, I've had enough of this. And so gratitude, and gratitude can be seen not just by what you say, but what you do. Letting people off half an hour early. Saying, you know, you've done really well, we're going to finish an hour early today. Giving time for well-being within the workspace. All of these things are factors that help to express gratitude. And the final thing that was revealed in the survey was that flexibility was a priority for one in three workers. And so giving people flexibility, giving people options in how they're going to work is paramount because that shows gratitude, that you appreciate someone. So if they have something going on, if there's a situation that's happened in their life and they may need to tweak their hours for a couple of weeks, Giving them that flexibility shows gratitude. And it will always be an investment that you will get back in commitment, in loyalty, and in trust. So it's so important that an attitude of gratitude is brought into the workplace and is utilized on a day-to-day -day basis to reinforce, to reinvigorate, and revitalize relationships for where it hasn't been present. And the research from gratitude in the workplace concludes that it needs to start 
at the top with the people in power. There needs to be a clear, consistent and authentic display of gratitude, both in public and in private settings to establish a company of culture. And why do we think that that's so important? Because the human psyche often makes people think that if it's coming from the bottom up, that it's fake or there's a motive behind it or there's something, there's a reasoning behind why someone's doing that. But if it's being role modeled from the head downwards, it's then being embedded into the culture and people will follow what they see the leaders doing. And so it becomes natural, it becomes flexible, it becomes organic. And so it's so important for the leaders, for the CEOs, for those who are in the place of power to show and give license for this behavior, mindset and attitude to be displayed on a day-to-day -day basis so that staff will follow suit and they will do it with one another and with their peers. Studies have shown that people with power are less likely to express gratitude to people with less power. And this is where the dilemma occurs. This is where gratitude comes to a halt because the people who should be setting the example are not doing it. And so I implore you and encourage you that if you are a leader, if you are someone in a position of power to take stock of this, of what the evidence, research and data shows and begin to execute in a mindset, attitude and behavior of gratitude. Time for our quick podcast digest announcement. My name is Ezra and I am the founder of Edifying Answers Training Consultancy. And our vision is to unlock insight through our transformational workshops. We have over 20 different masterclass workshops covering topics such as resilience and burnout, exploring anxiety, working on well-being, dealing with loss and self-mastery to name a few. Edifying Answers uses a unique methodology that enables us to deliver bespoke and specialist workshops. This tool is called Insight and it is the thread that runs through all of our workshops and sets out the seven objectives that we execute through all of our exclusive training. Insight stands for Intuitive Nature, which is helping individuals to become more aware of their intrinsic nature. Nascent, because we create a safe space to identify gaps and new learning. Skill set, which is providing the essential tools and resources to boost confidence and increase knowledge. Inspiration, through our techniques, our skills and our experience, we motivate and inspire. Goals, because naturally guiding individuals 
we help them to set realistic personal and professional goals. Habits, which is where we are shining the light on the impact of behaviours and how they either help or hinder us. And thinking, because we are enlightening participants to the power of our thoughts and how they help to shape our reality and our future. To find out more about what we do, visit us at www.edifyinganswers.com or to get a brochure sent out to you regarding all of our workshops and, and materials, you can email me at ezra at edifyinganswers.com. We offer a 5% discount code when you mention Unlocking Insight at any of our bookings. So the question comes then, how do we grow in gratitude? How do we start to cultivate this? And the truth of the matter is that gratitude is not inbuilt. Instead, it develops over time. It is like a muscle. Just like everything else that we've had to learn and grow to do, the same is true with gratitude. And so it's important that it just starts with saying thank you, with acknowledging stuff that people have done well, by giving people those affirmations and those praises when it's valid, when they've done something that determines it. Letting people know how you feel about them. If there is someone that you value, that you trust, showing that, expressing that, saying that. We must remember that no one is a mind reader. People cannot decipher what's going on in your head. You may be thinking it all the time, but that's just a kept secret. The world's best kept secret. Start to share that. Let people know how you feel about them, just as you do when they've done wrong. We're often quick to say, this is not acceptable. That needs to change. You need to do better in your performance here. Let's be just as proactive in highlighting people's strengths, people's growth, people's benefits, people's assets. And so gratitude, we have to remember that gratitude is an other-focused emotion where we focus on what someone else has done for us. And so how we grow in gratitude is being mindful of the impact of others, whether in a personal context or in a working context. Reflecting on how what someone said or did benefited you and being able to relay that back whether verbally or through your actions. And so gratitude is learning to take the good things in life as gifts and not as your birthright. I'll say that again. It is about learning to take the good things in life as gifts and not as your birthright. Whether that be your partner, your children, your colleague, your manager, 
whatever that person is doing and giving you, that's helping you, that's making you feel good, that's making your life better in some way, treat it as a gift. And when you receive a gift, those who have value and respect for themselves and for others would express some form of gratitude. And so whenever someone does something for you, even if they hand in a project to you that they should do, express gratitude for that because that will make that person feel good and want to do it again. And so it's really important. Just take a moment to think about whether it be your partner, your parents, your close friends, the well-being that you have, creativity that you were able to do, experience that you may have been blessed by or partaken in. Take a moment to just think on that and have gratitude. Have gratitude. Be thankful. Because the truth of the matter is familiarity breeds contempt. And when we are taking things for granted, we lose perspective and we start to think it's a birthright rather than a gift. And the thing that we must remember is that taking things for granted and gratitude have always been arch enemies. The two will never be in union. The two can never be in the same place at the same time. And in each area of our lives, we have to pick a side. So whether that be your partner, whether that be your colleague, whether that be your staff member, whether that be your parent, whether that be your children, whether that be your pet, you're always picking a side whether you're going to take them for granted or whether you're going to express gratitude. Whether we're doing that consciously or subconsciously, you are always picking a side. And so I encourage you to evaluate all the different people in the, your life that you value and do your self-assessment and see whether you have been taking them for granted or whether you've been executing gratitude towards them. And so according to the psychologist Fred Bryan, he said that savoring positive experiences make them stickier in your brain and increases their benefits to your psyche. And the key he urges is expressing gratitude for the experience. So what he's basically saying is that if you want things to stay in your mind and to be a reminder for you in terms of what good that you've experienced and the benefits you've had from what other people have said or done, the key to making that a reality is expressing gratitude because of what it does within your own brain and heart. And that is one of the ways that appreciation and gratitude go hand in hand. Because appreciation is recognizing and having enjoyment of the good qualities of someone or something. And when you express your joy and your appreciation to that, it enforces and 
creates a chemical reaction in your brain that cements that memory. And we know memories are the anchors that keep us attached to something. And that's why whether you've had a really good experience or really bad experience that created a strong emotional current in you, you can always be drawn back to that. And that's why people are held captive to the things of their past or they are happy and have gratitude because they can remember the positive things of their past. And so the last thing that I want to touch on in this episode is about the difference between feeling gratitude versus being grateful because there is a big difference between the two. And so when we can understand that this difference, it can help us to have clarity and that we can make a clear distinction between feeling grateful and being grateful. So feelings are often subject to events, environments, and how we view the world around us. Okay, so your feelings are going to be based on what is happening to you, what is going on. If you've had a really bad day at work and you're feeling down and feeling a bit low and a bit anxious, that will determine your world around you. Because we see things not as they are, but as we are. When we are peaceful, the world seems peaceful. When we are in turmoil, the world seems like turmoil around us through the tinted glasses of our perspective, what we are looking through. And that's why feeling grateful can be very problematic. It's based on how you feel. So it's like a seesaw of emotions. But being grateful is a choice and attitude that we can choose to operate out of in spite of our circumstances. And so I want to encourage you that as you take on this challenge of cultivating the attitude of gratitude, that you make it be your choice to do. And that even when things go wrong, look for the positive even in that and have gratitude for it. Even if something ends, if you move house or change jobs and something's ended, yes, that can sometimes be difficult, but remember the great times that you had in that thing and be grateful for that. When you have an argument with your partner, it's about having gratitude for all the good things they do and the strengths that they have that help you to get over that and continue in that positive relationship. And so remember, don't be caught in the feeding gratitude mindset. Be driven by the being grateful choice and attitude. And so having gratitude doesn't make problems and threats disappear. Okay? Some people think that, you know, when you say having gratitude, that means you're not looking at the problems and you're thinking everything's fine. It doesn't do that. It doesn't make problems and your threats disappear. It does, however, enable us to see the silver lining in a situation and have gratefulness for someone or something. And that reduces your cortisol levels. And that gives you a fresh perspective. And that allows you to see the gifts rather than seeing things as your birthright. 
And so in closing, I just want you to share. I just wanted to share with you that gratitude requires specifics. Okay. So if you are going to start showing gratitude more, whether it be in your personal life or in the workspace, it does require specifics. So quality trumps quality when it comes to gratitude. So it's not something you do every single time with every single person. Yeah, Let it be quality rather than quantity. And being detailed about the benefits of the person, the action, or thing. It increases your own appreciation and it shows the individual that you are noticing and valuing their input. And so it has a twofold blessing when done right. Because the more you think about what that person has done for you and you can be specific about it, it reinforces it in your own mind and makes you feel good as you remember how they made you feel good. But also it has a double impact on that individual because they really can experience and see how they have added a joy, a blessing, an impact in your life. And so I hope you found this podcast helpful. Please share it with those who you feel would benefit. And in our next podcast, which will commence on the 16th of September, I will be continuing on this great topic of gratitude. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you found it useful. To find out more about what I do and my organization, Edifying Answers, go to www.edifyinganswers.com. This is Ezra, aka The Voice of Reason, over and out.